Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Cabro Linen Systems Inc. first quarter 2021 earnings call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to Christy Plaquin. Thank you. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator, and good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today, and welcome to our first quarter 2021 results conference call. On the line with me today is Linda McCurdy, President and Chief Executive Officer. Following our remarks today, we will open it up for questions. I'd like to remind everyone that statements made during our prepared remarks or in the Q&A portion of the conference call with reference to management's expectations or our predictions of the future are forward-looking statements. All statements made today, which are not not statements of historical fact, are considered to be forward-looking statements. Certain material factors or assumptions were applied in drawing a conclusion or making a forecast or projection as reflected in the forward-looking information. Investors are also cautioned not to place undue reliance on these statements. Actual results could differ materially from those anticipated. Risk factors that that could affect the results are detailed in the corporation's public filings. I'll now turn the call over to Linda, who will provide her insights and remarks on the quarter. Linda? Thank you, Christy. Um, Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today to review our first quarter results of 2021. Um, I'll focus on the first quarter highlights and our outlook for the year. Christy will then provide more details on our financial performance and our balance sheet. So in terms of the highlights, I'm very pleased with our first first quarter results with adjusted EBITDA of $7.8 million and improvements in the adjusted EBITDA margin despite continuing to operate in a very difficult environment as new restrictions were implemented in Canada and the UK as the result of COVID. We're very pleased with our record healthcare revenues in Q1 EBITDA. Throughout the pandemic, our teams have moved very quickly to safely meet the changing needs of our customers. And it's really this performance that reflects the resiliency of our business model and responsiveness of our team. Our healthcare revenues continue to be strong. For Q1 2021, we saw an increase of 23% over Q1 2020 and 26% over Q1 2019. These increases are coming from price increases, temporary services provided in certain markets, product conversions, usage change practices, and increased demand for certain items because of COVID. Since March, mid-March of 2020, we've seen significantly reduced hotel occupancy rates compared to historical levels. Um, Demand for both business and leisure airline travel has declined significantly on a global basis, and airlines have responded with significantly reduced international and domestic flights. Accordingly, hospitality volumes in all of our Canadian and UK markets have slowed to historically low levels. 
While we saw improvements in the corporation's hospitality business in Q3 2020, resulting from increased domestic tourism, volume in Q4 2020 and in Q2, Q1 2021 have decreased, primarily a result of the additional waves of COVID and reinstatement of restrictions. We remain well positioned from a balance sheet and liquidity perspective with 61.4 million of additional borrowing capacity on our revolving line of credit and with an additional $25 million accordion for growth purposes. Total debt decreased in the quarter from 40.7 million to 36.8 million and our funded debt to EBITDA at the end of Q1 remained conservative at just under one time. I'll now take a moment to update everyone on the situation with Alberta Health Services. In October 2020, AHS issued a request for proposal for linen services, which encompassed the linen services we currently provide to AHS under the AHS Calgary contract, as well as the linen services we currently provide to AHS in Edmonton, as well as volumes throughout the remainder of the province, including rural and urban centres. The Calgary and Edmonton volumes are under contract as part of two existing agreements until 2022 and 2023, respectively. On April, 20, on April 27, 2021, CAVER was awarded all the volumes in the RFP. For greater clarity, this award renews all of our existing business in Edmonton and Calgary, as, new volumes, as well as new volumes for other rural, rural and urban locations in Alberta. Currently, we process approximately 70% of AHS's volumes. As part of the award, we anticipate that volumes will increase through the addition of new sites. However, the terms of the new contract remain subject to negotiation and additional details we will be provided once the new contract is entered into. And as we are in the midst of this negotiation process for confidentiality and competitive reasons, we are not able to respond to any questions as it relates to the process or to the RFP award. I'll now turn it over to Christy to discuss our detailed financial results for the quarter, after which I'll return to talk about our outlook for 2021. Christy, over to you. Thank you, Linda. Uh, the information we are discussing today is also highlighted in our first quarter in 2021 earnings press release, which we issued yesterday, and detailed supplemental financial information can be found on our Investors Relation website under the heading Financial Documents. For the three months ended March 31, 2021, Cabral's consolidated revenue decreased by 16.9% to $47.6 million from $57.3 million in the comparative period. This decrease was primarily due to the significant reduction in, in hospitality revenue related to the pandemic. In 2021, Approximately 90.4% of Cabral's consolidated revenue was generated from healthcare institutions, which is higher compared to 61.2% in 2020. This again is primarily related to the pandemic's effect on the hospitality segment. Consolidated EBITDA increased in the year to 10.1 million from 3.7 million in 2020, which is an increase of 168.8%. The consolidated EBITDA margin increased to 21.1% in 2021, compared to 6.5% in 2020. Consolidated adjusted EBITDA increased in the year to $7.8 million from $7.1 million in 2020. 
the consolidated adjusted EBITDA margin increased to 16.4% in 2021 compared to 12.4% in 2020. Net earnings increased by $5 million from a loss of $3.4 million in 2020 to $1.6 million in 2021, and net earnings as a percentage of revenue increased to 3.4% in 2021 from negative 6% in 2020. The change in net earnings is primarily related to the flow-through items in EBITDA we mentioned earlier, uh, lower finance costs related to the revolving credit facility, and higher income tax expenses. Wages and benefits in the first quarter of 2021 decreased by $5.2 million to $17.5 million, compared to $22.7 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue, decreased by 2.9% to 36.7%. The decrease as a percentage of revenue is primarily related to improvements in labor efficiencies. $0.4 million received uh, in government assistance in the Canadian dis- division and is offset by escalating minimum wage rates. Linen in the first quarter of 2021 decreased by 0.6 million to 6.1 million, compared to 6.7 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue increased by 1.1% to 12.8%. The increase as a percentage of revenue is primarily related to the higher proportion of healthcare revenue. Utilities in the first quarter of 2021 decreased by 0.8 million to 2.8 million compared to 3.6 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue decreased by 0.3% to 5.9%. The decrease as a percentage of revenue is primarily related to lower commodity costs. Delivery in the first quarter of 2021 decreased by 2.4 million to 4.6 million compared to 7 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue decreased by 2.6% to 9.7%. The decrease as a percentage of revenue is primarily related to government assistance received in addition to management's efforts to offset the impact of, of the pandemic in the delivery operations of each plant through temporary reductions in the delivery labor force logistics and delivery route optimizations, offset by fixed costs, which remain constant regardless of the volumes from COVID, and price increases from renewals of our outsourced freight contracts. Occupancy costs in the first quarter of 2021 decreased by 0.3 million to 0.9 million compared to 1.2 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue decreased by 0.2% to 1.8%. The decrease as a percentage of revenue is primarily primarily related to property tax concessions received in certain plants in the UK. Materials and supplies in the first quarter of 2021 decreased by 0.3 million to 1.8 million, compared to 2.1 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue remained constant at 3.7%. The decrease in costs as a result of the reduction in volume resulting from the pandemic, offset by additional personal protective equipment required as a result of the pandemic. Repairs and maintenance in the first quarter of 2021 decreased by 0.5 million to 1.7 million, compared to 2.2 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue decreased by 0.2% to 3.6%. The decrease as a percentage of revenue is primarily related to the timing of maintenance activities. 
corporate costs in the first quarter of 2021 decreased by 0.4 million to 2.2 million compared to 2.6 million in the comparative period of 2020, and as a percentage of revenue remained constant at 4.6%. The decrease in costs is related to the timing of initiatives to support the corporation's growth and business strategies across the plants, as well as government assistance received. Now, looking at our capital resources, distributable cash flow for the first quarter of 2021 was 5.4 million and our payout ratio was 59.5%. In addition, the company paid out 0.3 per share in dividends during the quarter for total consideration of 3.2 million. The corporation had net working capital of 25.4 million at March 31st, 2021 compared to its working capital position of 27.9 million at December 31st, 2020. The decrease in working capital is driven mainly from the impact of the pandemic and timing of payments, as well as the timing of income taxes payable. At March 31st, 2021, total assets decreased to 316.1 million compared to 323.8 million at December 31st, 2020, and total liabilities decreased to 127.8 million from 134.3 million. Shareholders' equity decreased at March 31, 2021, from December 31, 2020, to 188.3 million from 189.5 million. As far as our debt is concerned, we have sufficient room on our credit facility with an operating line of 100 million and a further 25 million accordion for growth purposes. As of the end of Q1, we had an undrawn balance of close to 61.4 million, reinforcing our strong liquidity. Debt to total capital capitalization for the period ended March 31, 2021 was 16.4%. Total debt decreased in the quarter from 40.7 million to 36.8 million and was primarily due to changes in working capital as well as cash flow from operations. As Linda said earlier, our debt to EBITDA ratio was just under one time. I'll now turn things back over to Linda for additional commentary. Linda? Thanks, Christy. As we continue to navigate through the pandemic-related challenges, we are very pleased with how quickly we were able to adapt to this unprecedented crisis. In order to address the adverse effects of the pandemic, we had to quickly react to implement plans to mitigate the effects, including consolidating operations, reducing headcount, and accessing available government assistance programs. Our highly experienced team has been crucial in managing the situation, and in combination with our proven operating model, we will continue to leverage our experience for the challenges ahead. These actions have resulted in performance that we're quite pleased with given the circumstances. In terms of our 2021 outlook, we continue to see strong results in our healthcare segment and expect that to continue as hospitals deal with the impact of the pandemic and continue to catch up with the backlog of procedures that have been delayed during the pandemic. As I mentioned earlier, to date in 2021, healthcare revenue for Q1 is trending upward from 2019 historical rates for historical rates by approximately 26%. Although we do expect this increase to be more comparable to Q3 and Q4 of 2020 for the upcoming quarters. From a hospitality perspective, we saw significant year-over-year reductions for Q4 2020 and for Q1 2021 as government put 
restrictions in place with the new waves. And as we continue to move into 2021, we believe it is reasonable to expect a modest improvement in client activity for our hospitality segment when compared to 2020 activity levels due to a gradual return to business and international travel as COVID restrictions implemented in both Canada and the UK began to ease with the rollout of the vaccine. On this note, with restrictions in the UK being lifted starting next week, we're optimistic that we'll have a meaningful improvement in client activity in the UK commencing in June. While client activity on the hospitality front is still well below historical norms, the increases we've experienced since Q2 2020 have resulted in the reopening of all of our operations with the exception of our Perth plant in Scotland, as well as increasing the days and hours of operations in all of our plants. We've successfully recalled employees to meet increased demands and will continue to adjust production schedules as demand warrants. We remain well positioned from a balance sheet and liquidity perspective as Christy discussed. In addition, a strong concentration of our Canadian revenue is from the healthcare sector at approximately 87%. We'll continue to evaluate acquisitions in both the UK and Canada as we execute on our strategy to grow our market share. And this will continue as we move forward in 2021 with current market conditions may when current market conditions may lead to opportunistic situations for us. So I would say the main highlights of the quarter would be solid financial performance in an unprecedented adverse environment, improvements in EBITDA margin, strong cash flow generation, and a demonstrated resilience of our business model. Again, we're pleased with our record healthcare revenues and Q1 EBITDA. We're also uh, very pleased to have the opportunity to expand our long-term relationship with Alberta Health Services. We began processing healthcare volume in Alberta in the 1980s, and we've worked closely and collaboratively with AHS over the past 30 years to earn their confidence and trust. We're happy that we'll continue to provide service for all of our existing customers in Alberta while also being awarded new healthcare volume. And finally, I'm very proud of our employees who have demonstrated continued flexibility and an unwavering commitment to providing essential services to our customers. I'll now turn it over uh, to answer any questions you have with regards to the first quarter. As a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, you may do so by pressing star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Again, that is star one if you would like to ask a question. Your first question is from Derek Lassard of TD Securities. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Yeah, good morning, uh, Linda and Christy. Hope you're well. Um, just a quick question. It doesn't look like um, you've, uh, or it, it seems like you've kept a tight uh, control over your costs. Um, just wondering if there's been um, any uh, inflationary pressure that you've you've seen on your your cost structure lately, and 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 um, maybe some of the steps you're taking to mitigate it. Um, you know, I, I think our biggest worries going forward, not that we've seen them to date, uh, is on the labor front. Um, again, hospitality volumes have remained weak for Q4 and Q1. We do expect that to change starting with Scotland uh, and uh, England in, from our Newcastle plant, you know, starting pretty imminently here. Um, and, you know, our ability to bring back our staff and uh, pressures on wages, I think, will be our concern. Again, we haven't, we haven't experienced that to date. Um, and certainly in the UK and in Canada, we have... Uh, our employees coming in for reduced hours, so we ha- we are in in good touch with them, um, but we're always a little nervous as volumes ramp up that they will uh, be available or desirous of coming back. Um, but to date, you know, fingers crossed that things continue. We haven't seen uh, a significant amount of pressure on on other key input costs, for example, linen, which is you know probably our largest outside of well, it is our largest, with uh, utilities being our next largest cost outside of labour. We haven't felt the pressure on linen. We do have long-term contracts with uh, suppliers, so we're locked in on that front. Um, And, you know, we are hearing some rumblings of uh, plastic and resin prices increasing. Uh, Having said that, again, we are under contract and from the overall scheme of our cost structure, uh, it is a fairly small input cost uh, relative to total cost. Okay, that's uh, very helpful. And I know you touched on uh, it in your opening comments, but you know, obviously the UK is a little bit more advanced in, in the rollout, in, in their vaccine rollout than, than Canada is. I'm wondering if you've seen at least any early indications, whether it be you know hotel bookings or or tourism uh, indicators to, you know, to maybe uh, just let us know if there's some light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. So, I mean, listen, we, we, we know that uh, March, uh, sorry, April is very consistent with Q1. Um, I would say that in the last, you know, and, and it is really premature because it is such a short period of time, I'd say in the last 10 days, we've certainly seen some green sprouts uh, that make us 
optimistic, as well as the fact that the restrictions are absolutely being reduced starting, you know, the end of May. So with that, we, you know, we're optimistic that that's going to translate. Sometimes bookings are a bit of a, um, are misleading because uh, while there may be more bookings because of the uh, flexible cancellation policies that have been in place for some period of time, bookings don't always translate into increased business. But I do believe that with the loosening of the restrictions and, you know, some some of the increased volume we've seen in the UK in the last 10 days, we're, you know, we're feeling that it's certainly moving in the right direction. Your next question is from Michael Glenn of Raymond James. Hey, uh, good morning. Um, Linda, maybe just to start, are, you know, congratulations on Alberta. And as you look forward through other parts of Canada, you don't have to get into specifics here, but is there any movement that you see happening in terms of some of the other um, uh, publicly owned uh, laundries that, that you could see some other opportunities on the horizon? Um, what, I, what I'll say to that is the trend lines are absolutely moving in the right direction. And, you know, to your point, I'm not going to list specific opportunities, but I, I do believe that the pandemic will accelerate existing trends that we have seen. Um, and, and we know across the country there are aging, uh, there's aging infrastructure. You know, we've provided and assisted in a number of uh, areas. And if, and if you look at Alberta as a bit of a proxy where for a large number of years we provided backup service to uh, many of the rural sites and urban centers. And I think Alberta actually taking the step to outsource like Saskatchewan did their entire province, province is a really good fact pattern as other regions look at their options. So I would say that you know, nothing is imminent, but I do believe over the, la over the next, you know, number of years, additional opportunities within Canada for outsourcing will, will be on the table. Okay. Um, and then just going back to the, the, the uh, healthcare growth in the quarter last, in, in Q4, you were able to give us a bit of a breakdown in terms of how to think about that number across the buckets. Or are you able to give something similar this time? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So because we're comparing um, to 2019, um, you know, there would be another year of inflation or price increases. So the price increase bucket is about 6%. Uh, temporary service is about 3%. And uh, increased volume is about 16%, Michael. And, and, and in the and increased volume, there is conversions in that. So of that 16, I'd say about 3% uh, of that is perma permanent conversions from disposable. And the, and the balance being COVID, kind of COVID-related work that might reverse or go away in the future? Uh, 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 
So I would say that the COVID is the increased volume of 16%. Some of that outside of the conversions, some of that will go away in the future and some of it will stay. It's really hard to tell what that, the breakdown of that will be. Okay. Uh, okay, thanks for taking the questions. You bet, Mike. Your next question is from Indri Leno of National Bank. Hi, uh, good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my question. Uh, a couple for me, uh, actually. Uh, the first one, and, and uh, just following up from the uh, previous question, but some of the temporary volumes that you talked about, Linda, in the healthcare, I mean, what are you seeing there? Do you see any willingness uh, from, from this uh, healthcare system to make them permanent? Uh, are, are there any talks on, or any RFPs there? Do you have any color uh, on that? Or? So, so I, what I would say is um, the larger opportunities from those temporary services are going to take time. It's it's not going to be an immediate uh, closure, and it'll take a process. Again, I think that it is a good fact pattern and makes uh, healthcare executives look at what their options are going forward. So I would say, you know, we just have to be patient and um, realize that it's not going to happen overnight, but it does give people pause to look at what their alternatives would be going forward. And I, I would also say it's still really hard in COVID um, to get traction on initiatives such as that. Okay, understood. No, thank you. Uh, one, one more for me. Uh, this is more on the hospitality side. As you look at the UK starting to open up, and uh, I mean, the, the question actually where I'm coming from is that, okay, well, uh, sure, uh, hospitality travel will come back at some point. It's just a question I, I'm not sure anybody knows when or in what shape or form, especially on the international side. Have you given any thought, at least in Canada, on uh, potentially keeping the, the, the same uh, mixture of business that you have right now? Uh, perhaps focusing a little bit more on healthcare and uh, perhaps kind of, you know, divesting some of the facilities that are hospitality uh, only. I mean, given it, and you're doing quite well. I mean, no, no uh, uh, with results. I mean, good margins and good results as is. So, any thoughts there at all? Um, you know, listen. Here, here's what I would say: is that um, our ability to to service the hospitality sector nationally in Canada is an important fact or an important um, offering of our service. You know, our relationship with Avendra, part of their, um, part of their attraction to Cabro is we truly are the only uh, player who can service hotels in Canada nationally. So really there is no thought process to um, not provide that service across the country. I don't think that um, the fact that we provide service to that sector means we don't focus uh, in a in a meaningful or in a very focused way on the healthcare business. I think we focus on both, and both are very good and profitable pieces of business. We certainly are feeling uh, the impact on the hospitality side, but I don't think there's consideration for you know not not being in that uh, sector at all, or that segment of the hospitality business. Okay, 
Great. Thank you. That, that's it for me. Good call. Thanks. You bet, Andre. As a reminder, to ask a question, please press star 1. Your next question is from Justin Keywood of Stiefel GMP. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Good morning. Thanks. Uh, just on the, um, the indications you're seeing out of the UK as far as bookings, um, any idea on what the occupancy rates are trending at? Um, again, this is a little crystal ballish, and you know it's our management's best estimates. But our hope is that um, we'll be at you know fifty to sixty percent of uh, historical norms. That determination is coming from the experience that we saw last summer. It's coming from you know our relationships with our key customers and what they're seeing, you know, with some uh, caveats that, you know, bookings don't always translate into paid hotel room nights. So that's kind of what we're hoping for. We're expecting, uh, Justin, somewhere between 50 to 60% of historical norms. Thank you. And as comparison, uh, what were the occupancy rates at this time last year? This time last year, oh, we were down to like 10% of historical norms because really it was just the beginning of the pandemic. And, and throughout the summer last year, because I know there was some increased domestic tourism. Yeah, I would say that it was about, you know, between 40 and 50%. Okay, so improving from last year. And I also know that there's uh, speculation that there could be increased travel between uh, Europe and the U.S. Um, have you been seeing any of that at all as far as further outbookings or hard to tell? Really hard to tell. I, 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 what I will say, and, you know, I, I did caveat earlier on in my comments, in the last 10 days, we have seen a meaningful pickup in the U.K., which, which is positive. We view that as quite positive, given that the restrictions haven't really even been lifted. Okay, thank you. And then just my last question, if I recall prior to the pandemic, uh, UK or Fishers, was that around 15% of Cabro's overall revenue? Uh, little higher than that, Christy, right? Yes. Slightly higher than that. Okay, the, that's helpful context. In the ballpark, Justin, but sl sl slightly higher. Okay, all right, thank you, I appreciate it. Thanks, Justin, you bet. Your finer, final question is from Kyle McPhee of Cormark Securities. Hello, uh, on your EBITDA margins, you've been posting big gains year over year for many quarters, that percentage margin ticking way up. Can you help us better understand what the, the biggest drivers there are? And, and, and more importantly, when we fast forward to the post-COVID world, should your margins be landing higher than we saw back in years like 2017, 18, 19, when I think there was a, a lot of noise impacting your margins? So, so maybe even land back to kind of 2015, 16 levels, you know, in, in, at that 19%-ish level before IFRS. Is that a fair directional type outlook for your normalized margins? 
Yeah, I, I think that that's, you've, you've summarized it quite, quite well. Obviously, um, in the years where we were doing infrastructure builds, new plant builds, uh, and transitioning volume, we saw an impact on, a negative impact on our margins. As we've become and fine-tuned those new plants and gotten the efficiencies in, uh, in those plants, we've seen an improve, and th efficiencies through uh, improved, improved productivity as well as reduced utility consumption. We've seen positive impacts on our margins. Um, I'd say it's a fair uh, range, a, a fair uh, EBITDA margin range of 19%. You know, the, the, it'll depend how quickly hospitality comes back, and it'll also depend on what impact that has on the additional volume we're getting from healthcare as well. So there's a, there's a few moving parts there, but I would say that throughout the pandemic, it has enabled us to ensure that we've eked out all our productivity gains in our new plants, which has taken um, some time since we've uh, since we've built them. Got it. Thanks for that, color. And last one for me on the labor front. Um, do you have any worries that you might not be able to actually procure the labor you need as as hospitality? volumes ramp back up. I know there's some uh, headlines in, in the U.S. about shortages. Uh, and, and related to that, would you potentially opt to bring back labor before uh, the volume even shows up, maybe triggering kind of a, a temporary margin uh, issue? Any color there would be helpful. Um, again, what we have really tried to do in both the U.K. and Canada is have revolving layoffs. So um, what that means is that we have been in contact with all of, all of our employees and we, have, we feel we have a good handle on who is available to come back on a full-time basis because they're working part-time or they're working on rotating shifts over a four-week period. The unknown to us is as other businesses ramp up, will they opt for um, other employment opportunities versus us, where we hear a lot about people not wanting to go back to work in the U.S. because of hefty government subsidies, because we, we see our employees coming back to work, albeit on a much reduced hourly, we, fewer hours per week, they are coming back to work. So I'm not saying that we're not worried about it, but at this point, we know who's available to come to work and it'll just be who, when things open up, will they opt for a different different job versus coming back to Cabra permanently and on a full-time basis. Got it. Okay, thanks. That's it for me. Thanks, Kyle. At this time, there are no other questions in queue. Do you have any closing remarks? Uh, no, want to thank everyone uh, for their interest today. And uh, if there's any further questions, please don't hesitate to follow up with Christy and I. Uh, everyone have a great day, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.